What's going on, everybody? On today's episode of the Utah High School Hoops podcast, I've got my uh, former Twitter, only Twitter friend, and uh, now we've spent a little bit of time chatting. Um, you know, my my in-person, or I guess over-video friend, uh, Jonathan Tavanarion. Uh, we're going to go through Jonathan's playing career, uh, just chop it up a little bit about that. How did he get to Utah? You know, why is he still staying here in Utah? And then just have a you know, have some words of wisdom from someone who has played basketball at the highest level. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. This is the Utah High School Hoops podcast, your source for sometimes informative, but always entertaining coverage of the Utah High School Hoops scene with your host, Adam Beek. Well, like I said, we've got JT in the building. Can I? Is that is that a is that an appropriate phrase? JT in the building. All right, let's go. I'm is that? <laughs> I'm in I'm in range as soon as I step out the bus. So in the building, I'm I'm even more deadly. So we're. Oh, good. is that how it is? Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Um, well, I am. I I didn't reach out because I was like, man, I you know I grew up in Utah. I did not grow up in Utah. I didn't grow up watching you know BYU basketball. Obviously, right. I know you know, a few of the guys who've come through. Um, but I just reach out because I, I really appreciate how you interact with people on, on Twitter or X or Twix or whatever we're calling it. Um, and, and then I saw you were connected up with, with Tony and, and Sanyan. And I was like, man, I got to chat with this guy. And so I was stoked that you said yes, and you're willing to come on. Uh, so for people like me who are not familiar, uh, outside of a Twitter profile, uh, why don't you do a quick introduction on on who you are, and um, we'll get we'll get chatting away from there. Yeah, um, yeah. My uh, I appreciate you having me, Adam. And uh, you know, uh, my name is Jonathan Tavernari. I am from São Paulo, Brazil, and um, I grew up playing basketball. My mom is a basketball coach. My not to not to oversell it, but my mom is. The, she's the director of the Brazilian national team. So for for boys 18 and under, um, everything that happens in Brazil with basketball runs through my mom. And uh, she is like the Don Corleone of Brazilian basketball. Is, uh, uh, is, is Pat Summit the American um, Mrs. Tavanari? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Funny, funny enough, my mom and Pat actually played against each other. And so – um, but yeah, she, uh, she has, she's been coaching for about 45 years. Um, she has won, you know, almost 4,100 games in her career. She coaches multiple levels. She coached multiple ages, right? So in Brazil, it's not like here in the U S where you have school and AAU, it's pretty much just club basketball. And so she, she coaches multiple ages, uh, multiple seasons coaching multiple ages. And so, She's won almost 4,100 games, um, over 115 championships. Um, the Coach of the Year Award is named after her. It is the Thelma Tavernari Coach of the Year Award. And uh, she has won it the last uh, four years, and uh, and she's pretty bothered by it because she says, you know, usually people do this when you're dead or about to die, and, you know, I'm neither. And so, you know, it's kind of funny that she wins her own award. Um so it sounds like I had the wrong Tavanari on. Is I yeah yeah I, <laughs> I I I I think I've posted a couple of times. You know, she's actually worked with Coach K before. 
um, Coach K was aware, you know, it, it was explained to, 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 to Mike Krzyzewski who she was. And, uh, you know, she actually, he actually hosted her at Duke a few times for, you know, a couple of weeks to see practice and coaching in you know, that type of stuff, that type of stuff. And so, um, pretty unique, you know, I'm, so I, I grew up around the game and I, you know, played basketball my whole life. Um, always had a dream to come to the U S and, 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 and play here. Um, I watched the movie blue chips with Shaq, Shaq, Penny, Steve yeah. Novak. That's right. And, yeah. um, my goodness. And Nick Noti and, Nick Nolte. um, and then I also watched the movie He Got Game, and I was like, I need to go to the U.S. and play basketball. At that time, it was getting pretty, um, it was getting pretty, um, pretty common for South Americans to go to Europe and, and play, and you know, kind of develop there, kind of like what the Luka Doncic process, you know, the Manu Ginobili type of thing. But I never wanted to go to Europe. I always wanted to go to the U.S. And uh, you know, I. You know, I learned English and I was able to to have different opportunities to come to the U.S. Um, and I ended up coming here when I was 16, just before I turned 17th. And uh, um, my my junior year of high school, I I went to, uh, to to Timview High School here in Utah. All right. And, uh, you know, it was it was a bit of a mixed emotions type of thing, mixed experience, because. Um, the more I talk, the less you hear my accent and you start paying attention to what I say. You know, I'm a, I, I say funny things and that type of thing. But but back then I did, but my accent was much thicker. And so um, it was kind of an interesting mixed, you know, situation for me because a lot of people used to make fun of me and pick on me and, and, and that teenage stuff. But, um, you know, just the regular teenager stuff and um and it was kind of weird. It was a first experience away from home, away from my mom and dad. Um, it was one of the reasons why, you know, I decided to convert to to the Mormon church and, uh, you know, kind of grew close to my spiritual side. But it was kind of up and down. Basketball wise, it was solid. You know, I, I made all state. I played for, you know, a really good team. We made to the quarterfinals of the state tournament. Um and uh, but then my senior year, I transferred my senior year. I was supposed to go to Judge Memorial uh, because I needed to go to a to a to a private a private school because of federal laws. And uh, I was supposed to go to Judge. But, you know, opportunity came for me to go to Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. Yep. And I jumped on it. They weren't one of the top teams in the country the year before. So my junior year and then went to Gorman and, you know, everything was kind of like. You know, it kind of it went like this at Gorman and, uh, you know, they needed somebody that did the things that I that I did, um, which is which is what like, shoot, you said when you step in the building, you're just. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And so I when you know, I'm, I, I was a shooter and uh, and I was a scorer and they needed somebody to do that. And so my senior year was was incredible. I led the state of Nevada in points and rebounds. Um, I was a McDonald's All-American nominee. And, uh, you know, um, I was a, a Pangos All-American and uh, had offers from a lot of places, you know, had offers from the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, Pac-10, um, but ended up choosing BYU. You know, I um, BYU always had a special place in my heart. It was the very first school that recruited me um, back when, you know, team, you know, universities used to send you the package, you know, with the, their almanac, right? 
Um, and I just love the place. A lot of connections here to Utah. Um, uh, you remember Rafael Arujo? Oh, yeah. He, uh, Drafted by the, wasn't he the eighth pick? By the, the Raptor. That's right. He's drafted pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I knew him from Brazil and we were close and, you know, consider him almost family to me. And, uh, you know, had a lot of experiences also with Louis Lemus, if you remember the point guard from BYU. Um, and so I had a lot of connections to BYU and it just decided to, to make my choice to play college basketball here. And, uh, you know, and so it's interesting as I, you know, I, I, I come across different, different high school prospects here from Utah, as I see them play, I try to compare and say, you know, how would that team fare against my senior year team? My senior year team, we were really good. Uh, DeMarco Murray, the, the running back from the Eagles, the Cowboys, yeah, um, yeah, he was one of uh, he was one of my 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 you know high school um, classmates, and we played together. And uh, you know, we ended up actually being ranked 17th in the country that year. And Jeez. so, yeah, and so like I said, I was a late bloomer, and I was doing really good. But we had a squad, and so you know, I look at, at teams like Corner Canyon, and uh, obviously, we all know about Brody. Um, I actually think there are a lot of similarities between my game and Brody's. You know, I've talked to to his mom about it and uh, the way that he catches and shoots. I was never that athletic, right? Also, he's 6'8". He's a legit 6'8". So, you know, but... Well, way, I don't know. Um, I'm a 6'6". I'm a six, six. And so... You're only 6'6"? Six, six? Come on. Yeah. And so, that's, that's like regular person tall, but yeah. like basketball. Yeah. On the yeah. taller side, but not huge, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brody, Brody's ability to catch and shoot and have a really high jump shot, you know, reminds me a lot of me. Um, and so a little bit sad that he didn't choose BYU. You know, I think that it would have been perfect for him. But but I also understand why he chose USC. And I, you know, I'm really cheering for him to do amazing while he's over there. Um, and uh, yeah. And so it's uh, after that, I went to BYU and I played four years there. had had a pretty successful four years at BYU. What years? What, so I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to figure out the years here. So what years were you at BYU? Yeah, um, I was at BYU from 2006 to 2010. Okay. Um, so that would have been because I I was at CSU in 02. So that would have obviously been uh, yeah. a little bit out. Did so. you end up playing with uh, Jason Smith? Uh, so I, so Jason was, I think he was a freshman. Um, I didn't play on the CSU team. I was, uh, my, my senior year, I got to be around, you know, like Buzz Williams was an assistant coach there. Dale layer was there. I think Jason was a freshman my last year at Colorado state. Uh, he was, he's, there's very few kids, uh, from the state of Colorado, which is, which is where I'm from who end up making it to the NBA. So we kind of all know who the guys are like Reggie Jackson. Uh, I went to the same high school as Pat Garrity, which is a, he's an older guy. He went to Notre Dame. Um, Jason Smith obviously grew up there. I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe it's similar to Utah, right? Like Frank Jackson, Sam Merrill's uh, just absolutely killing it right now. Um, there's not a lot of kids who grow up in Utah and then end up making the league. Uh, there's a lot of kids who come to Utah to play, especially now, um, with like Utah Prep and Wasatch and some of the some of these schools. But uh, yeah, anyway, so 
So you're so you're at BYU from 06 to 2010. Um, and then I know you mentioned kind of before the call that you had you also had a professional career after that, right? Yeah, and then after I graduated from BYU, um, I have I have um, I'm also an Italian citizen, and so um, at that point I ended up going to to Europe, and I spent ten years playing professionally there. I was there until just before the pandemic kind of broke broke loose. Oh wow, okay. So um, I, I'm guessing that you're. This is going to make me sound like a really terrible BYU basketball historian because I 100% am a terrible BYU basketball historian. Um, but I know Travis Hansen. I'm get you were after Travis. Did your careers ever cross over in Europe as well? Um, uh, no, no, okay. no. Because by the time I got started, he was already done. And he was so, done. yeah, Travis. Travis was the BYU. Um, oh two, oh three, oh three. No, 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 no. Oh one, oh two, oh two, oh three. And uh, um, I was at BYU, and then he played professionally. And then I think he stopped. He got drafted by the Hawks in '03, yep. and then um, I think he, his last year playing was '09. Okay, got it. So you you just miss each other then? Oh, yeah, overseas that is okay. Um, got it. Well, that's and and so ten years, it, it, all in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I played, there was about half of a season that I played in Brazil for the team that I grew up playing for. Um, but yeah, mo the bulk of my career was in Italy. Okay. Well, how about this? Uh, should I call you Jonathan or JT? Which do you prefer? JT is fine. All right. Well, how about this JT? Uh, we're going to uh, go to a quick break, uh, hear from uh, my fantastic sponsor, Ruby. Um, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the differences between uh, basketball in South America versus Europe versus the U.S. That'll and be great. Being able to play in all three of those, and then also I just give you some chance to encourage you know some of these some of these young guys. Like I think about you know Dean down at uh, down at Timview and yeah. guys like Cody, and uh, so just, you know just give you a chance to encourage them with some of the lessons that you've learned, not just through your playing career, but also you know, some lessons maybe that your mom passed down to you that you can, you can share and, and drop a little wisdom on, on these, uh, on these young kids. Love so, it. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, we will be right back after this word from our sponsor, Ruby. How the heck are you supposed to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables a day? And as a mom, I think I figured it out. Ruby. Ruby is the only way. Open, pour, shake, drink. My kids love Ruby because it tastes so good. And when in your life are you gonna get this many fruits and vegetables in just one serving? Like I get to eat my McKee berries. Trust me on this one. Try it once and you will not regret it. Your kids won't even complain that they have to drink it. It's that good. And you won't regret going to goruby.com and using code ADAM15 to get 15% off your purchase. That's goruby, G-O-R-U-V-I.com and use code ADAM15 for 15% off your purchase. All right, we are back here on the Utah High School Hoops podcast. By the way, every time I say that, JT, I almost say we're back here with the People of Packaging podcast because I've done 243 episodes of that one and not nearly as many basketball. And did I, and did I get it? Is it, did I read it correctly that you've done like podcasts all over the world and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I've had I've had people on from every continent except for Antarctica. Um, I've been able to interview 
countless you know different different people you know people in politics hey, people then, in- then give me your give me your top four like most famous person that you had i would say five but since i'll probably be on that list i'll take myself wow. out yeah you're at least number five uh number one i'm supposed to be doing the interview here and not you so i don't appreciate the <laughs> i'm just playing uh <laughs> So there would be no order here, man. I'd have to think. Two hundred and forty is a lot. Uh, are you familiar with? Uh, there's a company called Dude Wipes. They make uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Dude Wipes. So oh, I yeah. got, to, I got to have Sean Riley on. Uh, he's the creator of Dude Wipes. He's been on Shark Tank and all that stuff. That was that was super fun. Uh, let's see here. Um, I had the coach Danny Sprinkle on my from Utah State was on uh, okay. this podcast recently, and that okay. was that was really great. Uh, there's a professor. This one is is a little bit more interesting. Uh, there's a professor from CU Boulder who studies climate change um, and has a pretty big following in sort of the sustainability okay. climate world. His name's Roger Pielke Jr., and that was a and that was a really incredible interview. Um, oh, my guy from Canada, Jake Carls, uh, he, he runs a company, him and his family called midday squares, dude, these guys, you've probably never heard of them in the U S but they make a really healthy, like chocolate thing. So they got, I I want to try Ruby now. Yeah. You got to try go Ruby. Uh, but, uh, so my, my guy though, Jake, they're out of Ottawa, Canada. They got sued by Hershey's. This is a true story. They got sued by Hershey's because of their packaging. So they changed it. Oh, and, and then they took the the money they were going to spend on their lawyers to fight it and okay. made a rap diss track against Hershey's and put it on YouTube that got like tens of millions of views. That's awesome. So they got to come on and tell that story. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've had, I've met with, uh, like when I was in with the UN, I met with the governor of New Mexico um, who praised, sang the praises of Governor Cox, uh, which was really neat. Uh, didn't need to. She's like, I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican, but I just really enjoy working with him in Utah. So shout out to Governor Cox there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've I've just been able to meet some really, really incredible people. So thanks. Uh, and then and then a bunch of people who nobody knows about, but her, like, there's a guy in, in India runs a company called Plastics for Change, where they pay fair trade to uh, people who are collecting plastic trash yeah. in India. They give them fair trade wages. They have an app. So they can make a living, um, and then he sells the recycled plastic, fair trade plastic, to companies like Unilever and Procter and Gamble. So these wow. world people haven't really heard of that I get to meet with and hang out with. So it's it's pretty awesome. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So thanks for the thanks for the question. Um, oh, and uh, I got to give a shout out to my sister. My sister was on the podcast. She's the uh, like you uh, the 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 females in my family are cooler than me. Uh, so my sister is actually the NBA draft analyst for Yahoo Sports. So she came on oh, and nice. broke, down, broke down a bunch of kids who came to Utah for the fight for the fight tournament. Um, nice. So yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been pretty fun. Have you have you ever? What about you know? Obviously, you know Utah hoops. You know how many people have you had from the state of Utah about you know basketball wise? Oh man, I just started this thing like five months ago, so it's okay. pretty new. Uh, let's see. So I had like coach sprinkle. I had yourself. 
uh, Everett Gray from Salt Lake Rebels played. I know Ev. Yeah, so Ev was just on. Uh, Hector Marquez, uh, who runs uh, Prep Hoops. I know Hector really well. Um, so he was on. Uh, I had Sanyan. I had Coach Casey Stanley from LCA. Uh, Coach Mitch Argyle from Logan. I'm going to end up forgetting somebody. Uh, Tim Drisdom came on. Um, uh, AJ Jackson, who runs the Instagram account, has been a yeah. couple I definitely forgot some. Oh, uh, APA West Valley. I got to go up there and have a conversation with this with them and got some records there. Uh, JJ Mandaquit and Junior County. He is my goodness. That boy is the truth. That he's so good. So I got to, I went up to the Utah Prep uh, team, their players uh, team house, and had uh, yep. Coach LJ on and and JJ and Junior County. So. Yeah, man, it's been there's there's a lot of basketball here for sure, and and a lot more people like yourself who I'm just excited to talk to and get to know a little bit more. Uh, so it's my turn. We came back from the break, and I got I got uh, I got trapped all of a sudden <laughs> out of timeout. I had planned for I'm in for I'm man in, to man, and you I'm came in full press. I'm in sales. I'm in business. So it's all about flip the script. You know what I mean. <laughs> We so, can talk about that too. I'm a uh, I'm a senior vice president of sales for a company in Minnesota. So that's oh, okay. Well, we're gonna have to talk about it offline. Then I love it. True story. It's a true story. Actually, give a shout out to my guy. Uh, my serve other shirt here is from my guy Dale Dupree, who runs the Sales Rebellion. And nice, great dude. Uh, all right, but it's my turn to flip the script back onto you. Uh, okay. So. Uh, so I, I kind of said before the break and before the full court press that, uh, that you gave me that I wanted to ask you some questions about the differences in, in playing, you know, not just the, you know, the wider key and the, you know, the, the no goaltending and stuff like that. Like the, the right. rules play a little bit into it, but just the, the culture around basketball that you've been able to experience between Brazil and, and Europe and the U S it all changed, I think, with the 1992 Dream Team. Um, I think that they really, obviously, basketball was still big before then. I'm not saying that it just like showed up out of nowhere, but it seems like since then, it, that in since professionals could start to play in the Olympics, that basketball has truly become a global game. I mean, I've set up a box uh, in a in an orphanage in India because kids wanted to play like Kobe. I'm like, right. how do you, so it just, it seems like the game has obviously really expanded. You've been able to play at, at, at the highest levels in all three of these places. So maybe just talk a little bit about what are some of the differences between, between the, the three areas you've been able to play in? Yeah. You know, I will say this basketball in the U S it's an entertainment. It's not a sport. And I think you have to understand that. And, you know, um, as you go from the NBA and even college, it's not so much about, hey, you know, like let's talk about the skills and the fundamentals. You know, the way basketball is and and the NBA in college, it's 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 literally a hundred percent entertainment. Um, I mean, I was looking at a couple of BYU tickets for next week's home game because I have some, you know, some some people in town I have to host, but. Um, $80 is the cheapest BYU ticket that I found. 
And with $80, I may be able to, depending if I time it right, I may be able to get lower bowl seats for a jazz game. Yeah, right. And I, it's, you know, it's a business and that's the biggest, the biggest difference for, you know, to me. Um, now, not saying that in Brazil, it's not a business, in Europe is not a business, it is. But, you know, in, in those places, you are catering towards, hey, the goal of this game is to get a winner to go to, towards a championship. I feel like the goal in the U.S. is to entertain fans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then not only that, I mean, when you get to the actual game, you know, the ball is different. It's a different, you know, it's a different weight, size, texture, feel, material. Um, the game itself, the way it's played um, from a very early age and young age in, in, you know, outside of the U.S., the focus on fundamentals is always there. And so, um, you know, up until I was probably 13 years old, there was no distinction between a point guard and a five man because right. everybody plays as if they are a guard. So you can develop skills. You also develop players playing on the post. And so, um, and that's true in Brazil and South America as it is in Europe. Um, you know, I, I coach, I coach a basketball team. I coach a fifth grade basketball team. Um, we're probably one of the top five teams in the state. Um, okay. And uh you know what I can tell you is the emphasis that I put on on making sure that my kids have the fundamentals right, and we play sharing the ball. And there's no, I mean, it's my son's team, but you know, there's no such thing as hey, you know, give the ball to him and get out of the way. Um, it's playing the right way, and I see so many other teams that we play against, and even teams that are better than us. I will say it. Um, it's just a one man show or a two man show. And it's, you know, um, when Kobe used to say a lot about, Hey, this is about the fundamentals. This is about, um, you have to teach the game the right way. That's why there's a ton of Europeans now and arguably the best players in the NBA are not Americans. Um, it's because of the way, you know, the, the, the system, the upbringings are now, Obviously, if you get the 12 best players in the U.S. and then you go and compete with other countries, I mean, there is a sizable difference. But a lot of it has to do with the amount of time they're spending with trainers, uh, their physicality, the way that their natural athletic ability reflects. Um, And that leads to a lot of, you know, the things like you mentioned, the dream team, you know, the redeem team and. You know, I'm very excited for this year's Olympics, you know, for the remember team. Right. And uh, um, but I think one, one, one of the, the key things is, you know, uh, the game has now become universal. And so uh, I don't know if you remember, but they used to be the trap, you know, the, the trapezoid. They used to be the yeah. paint. And there's a big difference. And, um, you know, shot clock, it was a 30 second shot clock and not 24 um, you know, NBA is 12 minutes a quarter, you know, every day, every, every other place is, you know, 10 minutes a quarter. I think college basketball, probably next biggest change in college basketball might be going to, uh, you know, a, a, a quarter type of game, you know, it's already in the women's game. And so it, it, the game has differences. I'll probably say a big one is physicality, right? Um, the way that you are allowed to contact and hand and hand check and bump people in the FIBA game 
is it's nothing like that in the NBA because again, you're catering to the fans. And so, you know, hand check and be able to let players go. And, you know, reminded me a lot of how Lucas scored 70 points the other game and somebody put it on Twitter, TikTok or Instagram and, it was, uh, well, no wonder he scored 70 points. And it was just him going and just doing a spin and doing the layup and nobody's guarding him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, which is why, you know, Luca himself will say, yeah, it is much easier to score in the NBA than it is to score in Europe. And well, uh, the, thing, the thing about Luca too, in that, in that draft, I remember, because it was like, I think it was like DeAndre Jordan and then Marvin Bagley and then Luca. DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. Who would I say? DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. Not DeAndre Jordan. That was a long time before. DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, uh, and then Luca. And I could not for the life of me figure it out. I was like, here, this kid is like 16 playing at the uh, arguably the best league outside of the, the NBA. States. Yeah. Outside of the NBA. I mean, and he's 16 years old and he is, you know, he what. At 17, didn't he win like MVP of the Final Four in the Spanish League? Like this dude is end of the Euro League, yeah, end of the league, yeah. He and I'm like, why is he not? Why are we not talking about him like we did LeBron? You know, now like we're talking about Victor Wembanyama, where it's like yeah. he should be the absolute clear cut. Nobody should have any questions. He's the number one pick, and I, uh, I've been wrong before. I once said that uh, Josh Jackson will have a career and no one will remember Jason Tatum. I was totally wrong about that. Uh, completely wrong. So I'm I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. But also when I'm right, I like to at least kind of <laughs> kind of gloat yeah. about it. But you're absolutely right, man. I mean, the NBA is and now even college basketball and even high school basketball. Uh if you get up to watch uh Leighton Christian Academy, they've got uh there's a kid up there from uh kid up there. I think he's from uh poland there's another kid from a couple kids from serbia there are some um, africans there too yeah they've got some kids from africa and 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 you just start looking around it's like hey y'all listen you you can't just focus on your mixtape and you know like your highlights like you have to be yeah. fundamentally sound in america now i i think that that's actually the thing that i really appreciate about the european game is and and you know in this case the south american game is that they're they play positionless basketball i talk about Jokic all the time because i love him dearly and you know he grew up playing point guard or just guard you know just he just had to just had to be a guard so let me ask you this question because i find that this would be actually really interesting because you said like if you put the 12 best players from the united states together but what if you what if Europe functioned more like the United States? So what if we had an EU, the top 12 players in the EU, in, in the, we'll call it the Olympics, though it yeah. wouldn't be in this case, versus the top 12 players in the US. And, and I, I, I don't know if you could throw, could you throw South America into the mix on this? Like Just if in you the rest like, of the world. Well, because I'm thinking like you could have Africa. I think you could put together a really, a really compelling team from Africa, yeah. from, from, you know, if we said North America and you include Canada in there, there's some ball SGA and Jamal Murray right. killing it right now. I just think it would be a really compelling game. And I suspect I'd probably bet on Europe to win that game. I mean, it's interesting. You go back to, you know, the Soviet Union and uh, before there was a break, Jokic and Luka would be playing together. Right. And so when you think about, you know, you know, you think about Luka, 
You think about the Bogdanovich. You think about Giannis. You think about Jokic. Um, you know, and, and then you think about, you know, Dario Saric. And then you think of Tengun from, uh, he's, you know, he's from Turkey. Which yeah. Is yeah. Tengun, and he's nice. Yeah. You think about back in, you know, a few years ago, the Gasol brothers. Um, yep. You know, I mean, it's, I wish that the All Star game would go to a European, you know, uh, Americans against the rest of the world. I wish yeah. that that was the way they did. I think the game would finally be competitive. And so, and they have to care. I, I mean, I don't know. When I was growing can up, can you like, imagine? Why? Yeah. 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 I mean, can you imagine if they lose, if the Americans lose? Oh my gosh. And so, <laughs> and you know, and, and I think, you know, obviously because of globalization, and you can see that a lot with the last dance, you know, and also, um, you know, the dream team, but globalization. It, it, the way the game is global, you know what I mean? I think that's what pushing, you know, after the fiasco of the, the you know, the uh, of the world championships, right? And, uh, you know, you have the, the, the Tokyo Olympics and they got it done, but then they go to, uh, you know, the, the world championships and uh, it's just a debacle. Yeah, and they got what? The U.S. got like fifth in that or something? Yeah, fifth or sixth place. And so... Um, and so it's to me, I look at it and, uh, you know, I, I am very excited to see what happens this year, the Olympics with, um, you know, with with Team USA, the way that they are, um, the way that they are positioning this, you know, to be a, a the remember team, you know, with LeBron and Curry and Anthony Davis and Jason Tatum and maybe Jalen Brown and, you know, like. It is going to be it is going to be a phenomenal Olympic game, and yeah. uh, you know, very very curious to see what that unravels. And uh, you know, well, oh sorry, no, I and you know, I I never played in Olympic games. I was supposed to play in the 2012 ones. Uh, that was supposed to be my year with Brazil. My wife ended up having some complications with the, during the birth of my my oldest boy. And uh, and so I got to participate with the national team. I played everything except in the Olympics. I played South American Championships, Tournament of Americas, um, Olympic qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers, World Championships. I just never got to play in the Olympics. And so um, it's the one thing that I wish I could have done in my career, even more so than playing in the NBA. I think playing the NBA would have been cool. Don't get me wrong, obviously, financially. But I wish I had the chance to to play in the Olympics. Uh, that would have been pretty neat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I got a couple last things here, and we'll kind of wrap it up. Uh, because number one, I think I recall that you recently uh, gained your U.S. citizenship. Is that is that correct? Yeah, almost a year ago, I became a U.S. citizen. That's right. Well, congrats. That's awesome. I know that's not that's that. From what I've heard, that's a really difficult process. Yeah. And, something that should be celebrated so congratulations on that um and you know let's kind of end it with uh, you've shared so much just incredible knowledge and information um i i actually agree i would much rather not that i ever had the opportunity i would have rather represented my country at the olympic games than played in have played in the nba uh though unlike you that was never an option (laughs) let me be really clear that was never an option for me um but uh 
but you've been, you've been dropping a whole bunch of really helpful information and knowledge. And so I'd like to kind of end it here. We've got a, a number of different high school players. Uh, it sounds like, you know, you coach a fifth grade team already. There's some junior high players who, if they, if they consume long form content, or at least they tell me they listen to my podcast. Uh, but I sometimes question who has the, uh, the patience if you're under the age of 30 anymore to listen to a 36 minute interview. Yeah. Uh, but I hope, I hope that they're out there. Uh, so, you know, it, it, I could clip out the end of this too and just share it as a clip, but I would really love for you to just share some information. You've traveled the world, you've played the game at, at the highest levels that anybody can imagine. I mean, outside of, like you said, the NBA and the Olympics, there's you, you played high school ball at a high level. You played college ball at a high level. You played professionally at a high level. So what are, what are some pieces of advice that you would give to, to a kid who's coming up either, you know, maybe it's your yeah. favorite team on up, you know, as you're asking dad, I'm like, you know, to me, hard work is the number one thing that you have to have. You know, if there's somebody that's working harder than you, that's already a problem. But you and I probably, you know, doing our, our, you know, formative years, we probably listened to that song that says, you know, this is 10% luck, 15% skill, uh, you know, is that Fort Fort Minor? Yeah, you know, this is 10% luck, you know, yeah. 20% skill, 15% power of will, 5% pleasure, and 50% pain. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of things that you learn when you struggle, right? Um, you know, I um in true honesty, I've accomplished a lot in my basketball, in my in my career, in my life so far. And it's all, most of it has been because of hard work. Most of it has been because of the game of basketball. Um, you know, my mom was a coach, but I had to get good grades because of the way that she handled our team to be able to play. Um, and then, you know, for me to be able to come to the U.S., I had to learn English, which is my third language. Um, and then to be able to come to the U.S., I had to be good at school, but also I had to be good at basketball. Um, and then to be able to have the, the ability to, to go to a, a judge memorial or to a Bishop Gorman, I had to be an outstanding student, but also an outstanding basketball player. Um, I was able to accomplish that because I, you know, I worked so hard and then to go to college and then not only that, but to have the college career that I did, you know, um, I left BYU. You can't really read right there, but as I left BYU, I was the winningest player in program history. I was the, you know, the all-time three-point leader. Um, I had broken multiple individual records. Um, I finished my career as, you know, um, the first player to play, you know, in four consecutive NCAA tournaments. And so there's, there's a lot of things that I accomplished. And then I went on to play professionally. And I also play for my national team. And so um, it does take a little bit of luck of things going your way, but I am a firm believer that luck is nothing except preparation meets opportunity, right? You yeah. have to be able to be ready. You have to be prepared. So then when opportunity comes, you have a few breaks that go your way. Right. Um, and uh, it, to me, the best advice I can give somebody is just, if you're not the hardest worker in a the gym, then the, unless you have a rich, a rich dad, things are probably not going to work out for you. And, and I think that, you know, if, and I tell that to the, to the boys that I coach, you know, I said, Hey, some of you 
you understand now you're 10 11 years old you understand hey this guy has money this guy doesn't have money family is well off have a great house that sort of thing dad has a, a certain type of job you can tell if you have you know if financially you have a good life or not but regardless you know i feel like sports is the great equalizer yep. because, because when you are on a court it doesn't matter if your dad has money or not if you can't hoop and you can't shoot and you can't guard it's going to get exposed. And so my way of having a great life was through basketball. Now that I've retired and I'm a businessman, um, basketball was the main thing that gave me the opportunities because of the degree that I have, the network that I created, you know, the personality that I have, people knowing me. And so it's just one of those things that sports can be a great tool for you. And basketball is the greatest game ever invented. Um it can be, uh, uh, it, you know, um, and he got game. Uh, Jake Shuttlesworth, Jesus's dad, says something that stuck with me, and he says, basketball is a tool. Use it. Don't let it use you. And mm -hmm. uh, to me, you know, I have maximized every ounce of the game of basketball to, to get everything that I have in my life. And I, and I hope that everybody can do the same because it is – it is a game that that take a lot from you, but it can give a lot of it back too. I love it so much. Uh, I I could, I could have a whole second segment on on everything you just said because I'm just like in my head. I'm like, man, this is what I have. I've been I've been preaching this to anybody who I'm, I'm actually a preacher as well. Like I'm an ordained pastor. So I don't love really it. Love it. Uh, but uh, you know, like this idea that you're talking about, you know that. I've told the story of the podcast before, but I played pickup ball where I'm like, that guy's worth $40 million. I know he just sold his ad agency. That person is almost homeless. Uh, that person is also, you know, struggling in, in, in life and we're at the local YMCA, but on in between the lines, none of it mattered. It was just like, can you play? And we're teammates and we're together. Um, and it brings us together and now I know their stories and now I could try to help them out. And now, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I love it. Uh, JT, uh, I, I hope, like I said, I hope that some of these kids got to the end here and, uh, don't worry, kids, I'll clip some of these great quotes out and put them on Instagram just for you, but please <laughs> take some time and consume long form content because it will do your brain a tremendous, a tremendous amount of work. Watch full games, take notes. Listen to long form content. There's my advice, uh, JT. When I, I'm going to end the when I end the interview though, please don't hang up because it's got to like upload on your side. I forgot to say that before we jumped on, but I really appreciate you coming on, uh, being on the show, dropping so much wisdom, and uh, maybe maybe we'll fly down to Sao Paulo. We'll watch the first NFL game next year. Is that is that what we're going to do? Uh, I mean, did you already get your ticket? Because I booked mine. So okay, all right, all right. Hopefully, I'm, I'm hopefully we're sitting together. So. <laughs> I appreciate it, JT. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Adam. I appreciate you. Thanks. Yep.